Good afternoon, everyone. It's Graham Cope with another My Music. Uh, I was just strolling along in the ether, um, and I remembered I'm meant to be live at, uh, it was meant to be four o'clock, um, a few minutes later. Sorry about that. It's because sometimes people phone you, uh, and, and you just have to take the phone call. But this is much more important than that, of course. Uh, I'm going to be talking any minute now to the lads from the Straits. But first of all, we're going to have a man in his laptop showing us how to do it really fashionably. I need to get going, Mel. See you later. Hello, and there we are, you see. Hello. How, how oh, I love that Christmas jumper, Jack. That you're looking <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so we have Jack uh, Crash. Is that your real name, Crash? Yes, that's what yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Crash named him. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, well, no, they they wouldn't have named him Crash, would they? I mean, they would have named him Jack. They would have already been Crash. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the that's, thing. That, that, that's how the story goes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's typically how it works. Uh, and then we have uh, Michael. So t just tell us um, where you're from uh, and uh, and and what it is you do in the band. Well, Mike, take it away, boy. Uh, so I'm from North Hampshire area, and uh, I play the bass guitar in the Straits. And Jack, what do you do in the Straits exactly? I am jack of all trades, master of the drums. Master of the Portsmouth. drums. There you go. There you go. And and Jack, you're rocking that background as well, right? Yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah, this is my professional setup. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, from here, I don't know. It kind of looks like a lemon kind of color. Is that, is that, is I, I don't, I don't really know what it is. It's either, the curtain or my neighbour's window. So I figured curtains are safer, but it does. It does. So listen, you you guys have um, had a fairly successful 2023. Good good kind of start. You know, been picked up by Radio Solent, um, BBC introducing, etc. Are you, you been happy with with the start? 2000 and sorry, 2022. We're not in 2022 yeah. yet. Yeah. Have you been quite happy with this year? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, me and Mike joke about it quite a few times. We've achieved more in the last six months than we have in the last six years of knowing each other. This this year has been a this technically been our first year as a professional band due to releasing Peace of Mind, our first single, and then straight into a lockdown. So this is classed as our our first year, and it's been great for us. Yeah. What about you, Michael? You you happy? Um as a bass player who who writes the songs by the way so we all write but the main writers are me and billy may who is uh interviews aren't really his forte so okay. me and jack are the uh heartthrobs of the band so we'll take on the role but yeah so it's normally me and billy but of course uh dead set detective our last single that achieved um, the two rotations on BBC Solent was written by George on lead vocals. We all write. It just 
it's me and Jack and Billy have known each other. What we've like sort of essentially learned how to play with each other, learned how to write with each other. It's our always always been our first band, and we've been in bands with each other previously in formative informative bands so the straits we formed in 2019 and even despite we despite us releasing uh peace of mind in 2020 and then uh the lockdowns and everything that happened with that etc 2022 has been as jack said we've done more in the last six six months than we have in the last six or seven years of knowing each other and playing music with each other and writing songs it's a funny world music. It can sometimes go like that, can't it? What What do you put that down to? Was it just things happening at the right time, or or was there anybody that you met that was instrumental in in helping you with that? I think uh, we needed to find our own sound. We needed to get to a point where uh, we got comfortable within ourselves. We were still heavily. I mean, everyone's influenced by the record collection. But I feel like we've, we've we've slightly blossomed out of our influences, so they're not as like, sort of obvious. I feel that we've uh, sort of uh, been able to move forward, especially in the studio. That is, I think, with the studio is always very intimidating at first when when you when you're not used to it because you don't really know how to work it. There is no instruction manual in the same. This is how you record a song because a lot of the audio engineers or the producers they don't know the songs because they're your songs. So they rely on you for the um, navigation and the direction of the songs. But because you're sort of very new to it, like we were, there's, we've been in studios before, Jack can attest to this, that we've been in studios before where it was a nightmare experience. We just didn't enjoy ourselves. We weren't comfortable. And those recordings were never released because they weren't good. But we, they were like expensive mistakes. It's very easy to spend six hours just spinning your wheels in the studio very oh, yeah. easy i know i've done it loads of times it's great yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's the best way to waste money yeah you just hope that they've got a good pool table um, yeah or, 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 or something you can keep occupied with a football or an xbox or something yeah exactly because but um re- regarding your question about what what we feel gave us our kind of the success we've started to get at the end of this year i think mostly we would like to put it down to our own hard work and the quality of the tracks. That's what we would like to say. But alongside that, it's been the support we've gotten from mm. specifically Twitter, people like yourself. People have heard our music and then decided to support us and share it with other people who have then agreed and liked our music and supported us. And that's where the snowball effect has started for us. So the last six months of this year has all been through people on social media just hearing our songs and supporting us i think especially since the release of another way which is mm. probably i mean it's very difficult to gauge in terms of what you count as a success especially at our level but i mean even to just get releases out is um a massive step but another way coming out in june really gave us a um gave us some attention in the right way. We've got some really good airplay in Canada on college radio stations and uh, American college radio stations. And, and that w- that's what got BBC uh, Solent's attention is because we were getting this airplay from across the pond and in our own back garden, so to speak, that we weren't necessarily getting it. So we're, 
we're really we're really chuffed to get like BBC Solent because that was our target for next year. And we've already we've already completed it, so that's one down. A few, uh, quite a few to go. Well, I've seen it as well though on Twitter. I mean, I've been I've been doing these music interviews now for the last couple of years, and I've you know they've always gone out on Twitter, and, and people in Twitter have been really very supportive. Thank you very much. Um, but you know what I've noticed in the last six months is that there's become a real hunger for new music and i've i guess part of it is the fact that people could go back to gigs people could go back yeah. out out and about um but there's there's a real hunger especially for sort of english based guitar bands as well at the moment and it's 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 lovely to see and what's great is it's just the openness that people have got to listen to to somebody else <laughs> it's not like yeah. it's not like um because I was there, you know. I was. It's not. It's not like at, at the beginning of, uh, you know, when Blur and Oasis came out, um, and and there were like some bands that were, you know, catapulted to the front, and nobody nobody would listen to anything else. You know, there was a, there was there were real clear winners and losers. Yeah. There's there's very definitely sort of like everybody's a winner at the moment. If, if, if I think it's because everyone's everyone's also very keen on carrying each other. Exactly. When we very our very first few gigs, I would say the first first kind of three gigs we played of headlining bands, every headlining band was the cliche, un, unsigned, unknown headlining band. They thought they were Motley Crue straight out of the eighties, and they acted like it. <laughs> and and now we play gigs and. You, if you were just talking to people in the room, you would never know who was the opener, who was the headliner. There, there doesn't seem to be that level of ego. Yeah, currently, especially in the especially in the UK indie scene, everyone's very, very supportive and wants to any success that anyone does get, they try and bring as many bands as they can with them, which is a necessity for any bands to be successful. Yeah, you aren't going to do it on your own. No, I, I genuinely believe there's a there's a a big wave coming of bands that are literally all going to take everybody yeah. all together <laughs> yeah completely agree that's what tends to happen like i'm massively into sort of uh bands like nirvana screaming trees ass and chains i feel like there's something simmering underneath the surface in this scene at the moment yeah i i I mean, obviously, um, the Snuts have had a number one and a number three album, which is tremendous. And is it the Lathams, have I pronounced that correctly? Yeah. Um, they've had a number one album. Their next album's coming out. And, and there's been a lot of bands, like the Lottery Winners, their last album went to number 11 in the UK chart. I still check the chart like every week just to see how bands like Wet Leg are doing and like Yard Act and... And obviously, bands like Fontaine's DC and Wet Leg have had number one albums this year. So there is a hunger, there is an interest there in, uh, especially the, uh, the 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 record buying public, like the music listeners who uh, might have a collection of LPs and they might buy one a month. And the fact that they're purchasing these sort of underground bands, especially like in our scene as well, because we have things like Bandcamp and Infinite Distribution, it's pretty incredible to see that sort of energy simmering and i do think there's going to be i do think it's going to take off eventually i do think it is going to properly be propelled into the mainstream but i i just don't know 
when, but I, I think me and Jack have spoken about it quite a lot in the past and we've tried to pinpoint it. And I think ever since the Oasis documentary of Supersonic that came out in 2016, I feel that I feel that was like a the momentum from that is, I think inspired quite a lot of bands, younger bands to uh, basically write great songs and they want to fill out arenas. And, and luckily that we're in a situation now where there's lots of bands like us. There wasn't there isn't that rivalry like there isn't that sort of um, it's, it's friendliness. It's competitive in a friendly way if that makes yeah. sense but there isn't sort of um trying to snip each other's heels it's 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 very sort of a healthy scene at the moment which is fantastic there's, there's definitely a humbleness there which i think you know and a sort of like almost a shake off of celebrity which i think is part of part and parcel of perhaps where society's gone as well i think the celebrities the sort of I think people are a bit fed up of celebrity to a certain extent. I mean, I think it's because anybody can be a blinking celebrity nowadays because you just got to make yeah, a YouTube yeah. channel and stick rubbish on it. But, um, you know, I think ultimately what I'm seeing is, you know, I'm, I'm seeing stuff where, you know, one minute a band are like playing up on stage in front of an audience. And as you said earlier, you know, the next thing they're, they're busking somewhere um, or, or, you know, singing happy birthday to a fan or whatever and they literally there there's complete breakdown between you know us and them that, the that not, yeah doesn't seem to be there anymore and i think that's yeah actually a really wonderful thing yeah i think that's quite like a punk ethic as well like some of my favorite bands one of my favorite bands uh the ramones always had a approachable way about them and i've met cj ramone and richie ramone uh out of surviving uh lineups and and they've been always very open and very sort of easy to talk to and i think that's what's great about what we're doing especially in our scene at the moment there's there's no difference between the audience and um the bands everyone's on on the same level yeah and it's the it's the understanding of give and take as well i think we bands understand that you need an audience that you need those people to be there so you've got to treat them as, as such, treat them with the respect they deserve. And also people want great bands and great music. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just all around respect. And, and I think I think part of it to, as well is to do with that's, that actually works better when the industry has become what the industry's become. Because long, long ago, you know, you were, you were producing albums physical physical albums you know you were you you yeah the the album value was worth more if you like yeah and therefore you know it was kind of like people wanted rock stars at one point i don't think people want rock stars anymore i don't think there used to be a mystique yeah to be I, a rock star was mystique you you, you never knew who was doing what, who they were doing it with, where they were, until you read it in your local magazine. Yeah. Whereas now or, or actually, it's possible to hide. Yeah, that's the, I, guess, I guess that's part of the thing. I think actually part of it was the fact that, you know, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't, the, you know, uh, yeah. this ability to know everything all of the time and whatever about people. And therefore you could create this mystique yeah. And you could kind of separate people off and therefore people would play on it. Um, and the industry played on it, but now that's not, that's not 
how life goes now. People people know, but they want. You know, it's impossible to do that now. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah, you know, and in fact, actually, I'm I'm seeing some sort of modern superstars coming unstuck because of that. This, you know, we're not going to mention certain names, but you know, there are certain people that think they're Jesus. I mean, it look, you know, it's. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've, got, I've actually got news for both of you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. There you go. But you know what I'm saying? I think it's seen kind of like the unraveling of, of some of that because actually there is nowhere to hide. And, and actually, that's not the best way of doing it. I mean, I think people want, want to see people out there that are making music that they feel are genuine and, and that they have a, you know, they have an affinity with and they don't want them to be kind of standoffish when they go and see them at a gig and say hello you know and it's like yeah oh, sorry i'm you know i'm on stage now so um so that's good where's your, where's your favorite kind of places to play then anywhere that letters anywhere a anywhere that anywhere. Letters. have you we... have you got have you got though um from gigs that perhaps you've been to see um have you got like a venue that you'd really love to see yourself play in 2023 uh st mary's would be great <laughs> that'd be a good turnout for us but i honestly i think for me personally i've always i mean my local venue is always is the joiners southampton and we've played there a couple of times but but i used to headline and sell that out would be a great for me personally it'd be great to see that next year that's the kind of top that's my top achievement to achieve next year well that's very doable isn't it Jack, I, I'd, like to, I, I'd like to think so. That's why I, I, I want to set myself a goal that I think is a humble goal I could achieve. <laughs> it's completely there. What about you, Michael? Yeah. Is there, is there um, a place you'd love to love to play? That's, that's a very difficult question because it's uh, because we're, we're we've been in such a situation where because we when we record a piece of mind we were we weren't able to play. I'm sort of happy to play anywhere. <laughs> If that makes sense, but if, if 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 someone said to me, if I like, if, if if this was a bit of fantasy, and someone said to me, you can headline any, if you if you want to play a venue, I think uh, I think as Jack said, I think to to be able to headline the joiners uh, and to sell that venue out because of its history and its heritage, it's got something that um, some newer venues haven't gotten. Especially because it's our it's our local as well, and bands like Manic Street Preachers, The Verve, Oasis, The Libertines, all those bands sort of uh, standing on the shoulder of giants, so to speak. To be able to play that would be amazing, but we'll have to wait well, and that, see. That, that is a fantastic thing to have uh, in in your you know minds going into 2023. I really hope that that happens for you i mean are you both from musical families is this a is this a no long, or this is something <laughs> no, <not so. laughs> i can i can guarantee said jack actually the rest of my family listen to tosh yeah is it <laughs> <laughs> where, where did the music come from for both of you then michael oh um let me think <laughs> this, I, I i should be prepared for this but uh so um i it came from uh, probably the, the Kinks' greatest hits, which my dad owned, and like Ray Davis is one of my favourite uh, songwriters. And then I found um, the those two box sets that the the Beatles released, uh, yeah. the red one and the blue one, 
yeah. and um i was really into like the red one you know what i want to hold your hand and stuff like that but as i got older i grew to appreciate sort of as they matured uh that really that is basically the basically the beatles singles and the kinks greatest hits was pretty much the uh foundation but me and jack actually we we formed we formed a band based over our interest of bands like guns and roses and so like our tastes our journey has sort of uh been quite interesting we've sort of gone back to our roots especially for me because i was always interested in the kinks and the and the beatles and now we use a lot of that sort of influence in the studio yeah which is great well my my taste in music came from the first album i fell in love with was green day american idiot which for someone into rock music and kind of my age is kind of the the go-to the go-to album once i once i heard that and got into that my dad then would start showing me some albums that he would just have in his car. So, it, I mean, he would play me anything from Skid Row and Motley Crue to like Jay-Z and Kanye West, just anything he had in his car. And then I discovered Guitar Hero, which then fully got me into any sort of heavy metal, hard rock music. That was pretty much me. I, I, like, like Mike said, when we first started the band, we wanted to be we didn't want to be, but our taste of music to play would have been Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, Skid Row. Mike was Kiss every week was was a brand new Kiss riff came in. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm a terrible guitar player, so like <laughs> I would try and play Ace Freely solos, probably not in the right key, and just I couldn't play. I mean, you, Jack was still learning how to play the drums, and. Yeah. I borrowed Jack's guitar for about a week and ended up using it for about four months because it just sounded great. We we just learned together, but that's that's probably where it started for me at least, you know. But um, I love that. Did you did you ever don the the makeup because it's you know because that, that's always fun. No, he, he tried. No. He, he said no. he, tried. he did try. See, here's, here's the thing. I'm quite. I'm quite. I wouldn't say we, we were in a formative band that was very hard rock orientated and um we did open up for a glam band in st hampton this i obviously I'm, I'm i'm too big of a guy i look like a docker in drag i can't pull that off you see uh so but um and i was i was slightly more festively plump then than i am now and uh but it's just we it's really bizarre looking back because our, our we've got some old demos knocking about and we actually played an old song at rehearsal the other day, didn't we, Jack? Yeah, we did. And it was funny because everything's like a million miles an hour. Because I was into, I went through a phase of really listening to Motorhead lots. Yeah. So everything's like as loud as possible and as fast loud as, as possible. As, I don't even know what's going on half the time. You know, but that's quite. It's kind of entertaining when you listen back to your old old demos, especially when you're younger. You know, that's funny stuff. Well, I, I think there's a there's a a, a point with a lot of young musicians where you just think that you've got to it's a little bit like sport you think you've just got to hit everything as hard and as fast as possible and yeah. and then it you know then it will be all right um and it's i i think actually because it sounds like you've done a, a fair bit of playing around in recording studios i think maybe some of that has actually helped you because i think until you start actually listening to yourself recording back yeah. On a recording, you don't realise how crap it sounds. <laughs> oh, it's 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 heartbreaking. I remember yeah. there's there's a time that we 
we recorded in, in a particular studio in Portsmouth and I went home and I was just totally deflated because it wasn't rubber soul or something. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. But yeah. as you get be- as you get used to it, I mean, peace of mind was the game changer, wasn't it, Jack? Like when we actually went in to do the single. Yeah, when we, it was Mike brought that that song into rehearsals, and that was that was probably the turning point for the songwriting in the band. That's when we real when we when we finished writing that, we realised what direction we now want to go in. You found your groove. You found your thing. Yeah. Sound is right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's yeah, important. And yeah, it, it was. Like I could say it was a massive turning point for us. Yeah, because we all realised that maybe we were we were forcing the songs before. We were forcing the style of music before. We were trying to fit into the, these kind of barriers we put up for ourselves. And then when Peace of Mind came in, it was completely different to what we were writing at the time, and it was better in every way than what we were writing at the time. So that was that, when we all realised this is what we need to do. Then it all kind of started to click. Yeah, but also I think I think that recording it was a massive shift in it for us as well because for there's nothing worse than being in a studio and a band not knowing what they want yeah. from the recording. And yeah. I think we, from that song, we knew what we wanted. And then from then on, it's just been, we've been learning quite a lot, but we, we'd, we used to be, the studios was really challenging for us. It was just, and peace of mind. I don't, I don't know what happened there, but it just, it just clicked. I think it was just practice and trial and error. Yeah. Sometimes it is actually just learning where the space should be mm. um, in yeah. your music. And that's, that's a really complex thing sometimes. or It's something that just comes with a maturity of being together as a group of people. Um, but, you know, once you've once you've kind of learnt where people shouldn't be playing, <laughs> going back. Yeah, I think it's also for us. We um, we're very good, or we like to think we're very good at learning from our mistakes. Yeah, we have quite between the four of us, we have quite a good perspective. Eventually, it doesn't always eventually. happen straight away, but eventually. eventually, someone calls one of us out. One of us will say something and say, "Listen, lads, we've got to stop doing this," and that. What eventually led to the peace of mind release was probably what nineteen days in total, Mike. I think it was. What was? In the studio, the first time round. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, to give context to Graham and to people listening. We did the bright eye. We did the amazing idea of trying to make an album before we had released a single. Brilliant. We just thought, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna go and make pet sounds, <laughs> and it, it it literally was. The sound of pets, pets yeah. being in yeah. pain, in some in some form of agony. It certainly right. was sound. I'm not sure there's what it was, but it was there's some there's sort certainly of sound. a few uh, wailing cats involved. So it could have been called pet sounds or the revenge of pet sounds. But anyway, right? So we went in there. We we it's very difficult because we didn't know what we wanted, and the album is very. It was it was like. It was very easy to get into and very like once that sort of mechanism, once you're in the studio and you're four or five days in, my philosophy is just keep on going, soldier on. But there comes a point where you're thinking, you know what, you go so far in, you can't turn back. And it was just a disaster. And what happened was, is we listened back to the album. Uh, we, um, we let the dust settle 
we did have an additional member who decided that that it, that it wasn't part of this this life wasn't for him which is fair enough and we let the dust settle and he didn't and like that. we we <laughs> and we re we realized that uh right let's just because i'm really i'm really into like cd singles so i went through a phase of i mean i still listen to them now like the cd singles that oasis made and the verve and and i really love the idea of the b side We've lost it. We've lost yep. Michael for a minute. He's out. He's out. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. And he's back even, in the room. Even though that's like an industry standard, that's sort of 25 years out of date, we're naive enough to go, yeah, we'll just put on B-side. So now it looks like an EP. But we had to sort of, um, we had to abort the album and just pick the best of a bad bunch in the sense of Peace of Mind was the only single that was out of those four tracks. If you listen to the actual release, yeah. And uh, "Dream Out Loud" is a, a song we still do in our set, but we just did it as a live acoustic version, just to just just to pad it out a bit. But what what yeah. was great about, especially "Dream Out Loud," is I think because of the talking at the start and the talking at the end. Ow. Everyone who's listened to it has said to us, "Did you plan that?" Because I think when you listen, it does sound a little bit fixed. A little bit it's, fake but that was we we finished the studio and we ended up finishing about an hour earlier we went to finish at six we finished at five and on the way out the door we kind of was like oh let's do that acoustic song we were talking about so it was quickly turn around go back in set a couple of mics up and then just record it so one that, take. that one yeah, take, the version man. we've got was is is the take that's what you you hear at the start where Billy starts playing, and then we didn't know we were live or not, so we, we stop. And then we realize we are live, so we carry on playing again. It was literally was the last hour of the studio. Let's just bang this out quickly and see what happens. And, and for me personally, at the time, it ended up being my favorite. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, you've learned some great lessons this year by the sound of it, which is less is more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. You, can def you can definitely overplay. Yeah. I think sometimes you sometimes, especially on bass, I feel like I have to do some crazy runs. But sometimes the best thing to do is just serve the song. Absolutely, I, I think I think it's something that a lot of musicians really struggle with. Um, you know, which is the song. The song is ultimately the thing that's the important thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's our that's our band motto. Yeah. Every time we're writing a song, yeah, it's does the song need it? Does the song want it? If not, get rid of it. Yeah, just just yeah, absolutely. And and actually, if you look at some of the greatest bands over the years, you know, you have to put ego to one side with that as well. I mean, you know, you've you've yeah. you've had, you've had uh, tracks where you know. You, you think well why 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 is the singer playing a tambourine on this or whatever? Yeah. but it, it's you know ultimately it's a decision of who's the best voice for this you know does this actually need a, another guitar on this mm. yeah drum drum wise you know does it need anything more than a cymbal you know but ultimately if it's if it fits the song and it gives the song what the song needs to breathe then that's the right decision um, oh 100 you gotta go with your instinct yeah sometimes you, you can listen back to you can listen back to something and go 
no, that just that just doesn't work because there's there's too much going on. I mean, I know when we in the studio are saying it's more guitar, more reverb. Yeah, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, yeah, if anything starts sounds a bit dodgy, let's throw some more guitar tracks on it. Stick a load more of reverb. reverb. On it. And we end up so, taking it off anyway. So. Right. I mean, you know, having been, as I say, having been there when I was younger and, and spent a lot of time in studios, uh, you know, I, I think there's a there's a big difference when you when you learn to play live with a group of other people. Uh, although, having said that, you know, I've been in bands where, um, you know, even playing live, everybody just tries to drown each other out. Um, but playing live, there's an element where you're listening to each other, and as soon as you go into a studio for a band it's you're you're conscious that you've got this equipment there and it will just it will allow you to multi-track and it will allow you to 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 put yeah. something over something over something over something and so there's mm. a temptation there to just go right well, well let's fill that um as opposed to you know look what happened you know you 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 walked out the door you walked back in you plugged in as little as possible and you recorded it and it was great yeah, you know, and that's, that's yeah. Sometimes it's, also, it's, it's having somebody else in the room. Like our, our mm. current producer, Rob, um, Ford Lane Studios. Yeah, he's Saint Robert he's, Ford. Yeah, he he is Saint Rob. He really is the, the man he's put up with. But he he is that fifth member, mm. and, it, and you, a lot you, of you need someone else you can turn to. Yeah, yeah. A lot of bands will say that that they have a fifth member in the producer who actually will go. You know, you don't need that. Don't need he's that. also he's got they've got the experience that we haven't got. Yeah, we we learn as much as we possibly can every time we're in the studio. But he's always going to have more experience than us because he's been doing it way before we even started playing instruments. But also, if we can't articulate our ideas, he was willing to listen and try and do his best interpretation of what we're trying to explain. Yeah, and that's really good as well. That's really very good. So, what's what's the ambition for 2023? So, we got we got a new year coming up. Takeover, um, a hostile takeover. Yes, of, of uh, everything, everything. Your local, your local um, uh, venue. But what what else? Uh, you, would you would you like to aim towards an, an album? We're in it, we're, Jack. You, I've done a lot of talking this <laughs> evening. I think, and I'm very conscious our, of that. Our, our current game plan, I, I personally, we've decided to not look past the summer. So six months is where we're going to aim to get to, see where we're at, and then have another plan of attack. But what's, what's worked for us this year has worked for a reason. We're not entirely sure quite yet what the reason is, but it's working. So we're just going to do it again. Yep. And just really? keep gaining more traction, get more people to to stream and release more music videos, people can watch that and more importantly get people down to the gigs and meet meet more bands that's a big thing for us we really want to just meet more bands to open up for for them to open up for us do gig swaps travel up and down the country i, I think that's a really good game plan at the moment i think ultimately bands networking with other bands and i'm seeing that a lot on twitter where you know one band have become very friendly with another band and it's you yeah. know that's just led to um, a, a ultimately a great relationship which is which is good both from a almost from a business point of view but also you know outside yeah. of the business as well and i think that's that's really very sensible um get yourself you know aligned to someone maybe a, a, 
a little bit like I do in my world as well with clients, you know, find the person that's just at the, the next level, not so far away that, you know, it's, yeah. it's going to be a one-off and then, and then that's going to be it, but just a little bit higher than you, maybe a, a, a little bit, you know, uh, they've, they've stepped up uh, on, on the bandwagon a little bit further and that, Right, you can learn from them and they're happy to take you along with them and that's really that's very very important i think that's yes, the definitely. aim i think that's i think next year the way i'm thinking that the problem is is as a band especially for an ambitious band if you look too far ahead you start arguing about the concept of your fourth album is it going to be a double <laughs> one or, do, do you know what I mean yeah. we're very bad at that and, you know without opening that pandora's box uh we are in a situation where we're, we're recording singles and we need to gig. I mean, we've got a lot of gigs planned next year Great. and we aim for opening slots. Like you just mentioned, but those bands who are at that next level, we are hopefully um, getting the opportunity to perform in front of people who are paying to see someone at that next level. So hopefully fingers crossed, uh, we can break through that barrier as well. We are launching some merch. I've got some design ideas that um, I'm going to f- float around to the lads. We're mainly focusing on recording at the moment and just, as Jack said, uh, keeping our eye on the summer and then just reevaluating things. I don't think you can. I don't think you can plan too far ahead because life's not not like that, in my opinion, anyway. You know. No. I think it's a very sensible view. Um, just make sure when you're putting that itinerary out that, you know, you, you look uh, over towards the Exeter Bristol way. Um, you know, I think you're yeah. not too far away in Southampton, but obviously then I can come and see you because this is where I am. Um, there you go. Uh, and that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll play. We'll definitely play. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we'll be over there. We I think the aim is this year is because because of lockdowns and because of, you know, you know, 2022, there's a bit of a backlog, a lot of rescheduling of the bands that are meant to play in 21. Uh, we, we, we aim to really hit the road next year quite hard. So hopefully our paths will cross, but we, uh, a lot of driving involved, a lot of service stations. Yeah. yeah. I'm still yeah. waiting for, I'm still waiting for an ultimate song about service station. So, uh, if you know, <laughs> if you, uh, if you want to put that's, that that's definitely a, that's definitely a job for our lead vocalist. Yeah, he can write a song about anything. I, I'm not like that. I have to <laughs> sort of. He can. He can. Honestly, I think service stations are a great uh, source of uh, value and entertainment. I mean, you could. I, I even wrote a pilot for a uh, radio comedy once around uh, service stations because if you think about it, it's great. People just come and go, um, so you can bring any character in and get rid of them yeah. really quickly. And that's it doesn't look sus, does it? That's you know? very interesting, actually. That's quite a... That's very interesting. That's a good... Uh, because a lot of people have tried supermarkets and hasn't really pulled... hasn't been able to pull that off in the comedy world. No. But, but service stations, you could do that. Yeah, and service easily. stations, are, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit more multi-dynamic. They're, they're a different world as well. They're so a very different planet. With a, a yeah. supermarket, we all inhabit them, so we all know them. Yeah. You know, service stations are a bit otherworldly, especially at four o'clock in the morning. Very weird. Wow. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Maybe there's the task. Someone Maybe. Might talk about uh, there is a concept album in that. There is. 
<laughs> you, you've heard of fourth album sorted. Fourth album sorted. There you go. You've heard of uh, <laughs> this is going to put the this is going to put Quadrophenia in the shade. This service station <laughs> album. I tell you that right now. Tommy, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> forget about it. The wall service second, comes station. second. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, uh, Michael, uh, I, I wish you both uh, a very Merry Christmas. Hope you have a, a lovely time. Uh, and I Thank look forward much, to Graham. perhaps seeing you at a gig somewhere. Yes. Um, 100%. 2023. Um, but just keep on doing what you're doing because it's, it's amazing and it's really good. If people want to get hold of your music or listen to you, um, you mentioned Bandcamp. What's the Bandcamp ID so that they know where to go? Uh, just type in the straights <laughs> uh, into Bandcamp yeah. search. And that, that's, and that's so easy, isn't it? Yeah. How can you do that wrong? And once the merch is there as well, buy the merch. Um, yeah, that'll be on Bandcamp as well, because I think I'm looking at a lot of bands that are up and coming at the moment, bands like uh, Coach Party and The Bug Club. And I'm essentially seeing how they're progressing. And now I'm just sort of saying, well, we'll just follow what they're doing. That's essentially it, isn't it, Jack? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it, it worked for them. I'm sure it worked for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and don't forget my idea, which I've I've mentioned to many other bands, and some pe- people have already taken up the idea, which is when you start doing your merch, remember to do T-shirts where it says on the back, "I listen to um, the Straits on," and then a list of their favourite streaming platforms. And the idea is that they give you they give you ten pounds or more for the T-shirt, so that they don't feel guilty about listening to it. On streaming, you see, uh, it's just fine. Oh, okay, yeah. it's a really great idea. And just, if you know, guilt trip them exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you see, and actually, on the front somewhere, it says, "I, I, I've paid the band for my streaming by yes. buying the T-shirt." This T-shirt was purchased as a result of emotional blackmail. Exactly. There you go. That's a great line to put yeah. on it. More <laughs> 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 bands doing that in 2023, we could have a really great year for for bands because bands will actually get paid for for their music um there we go uh thank jack you, and michael it's been a pleasure talking to you today cheers bro. cheers thank you bye for thank now you. thank bye you bye. very much take care bye